Hey guys, and welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Life from the perspective of a military family member is way different than a civilian standpoint. Military children and family members give up their hopes and dreams to be able to stand by and support their service member, and it isn't an easy lifestyle for anyone to live. I hope that this podcast is able to help connect the military community and give others just a glimpse into what the military life is like from the perspective of spouses and children. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Today, I'm here with Brittany, who is a Air Force spouse. So Brittany, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. This is going to be great. Yes, I'm very excited too. So kind of start by telling me a little bit about yourself, about you know what it's like being a military spouse. Yeah. So when I first became a military spouse, I actually completely rejected the idea. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be, you know, there's all these stereotypes and stigmas around about being a dependa or other things. Yes. And these were terms that like my husband and fiance was using regularly as like a joke. And so when I became a military spouse, the last thing I wanted was to be a dependa, quote unquote. Yeah. And it took over a year before I finally like accepted that I was a military spouse. And it was in that transformation phase that honestly my whole life and the trajectory of my life changed because I embraced not only who I was, but the fact that like, I don't have to be a stereotype and I don't have to be the joke or, you know, the common thing that I can be unique and different. And turns out, like 98, 99, 100% of military spouses are not the stigma. Like there are people who prefer to be a stay-at-home mom and that's totally fine if that's your jam. But again, like you're still contributing to your family by being a stay-at-home mom or being a stay-at-home spouse. There's things that you can do. And so really it was through my podcast that I realized that there is no such thing as like a quote unquote dependa and that there's no such thing as someone who's actually representing the stereotypes that are put on us by society. So, and that was all through just accepting being a military spouse, which is pretty cool. Yeah. It's definitely, you know, something that's kind of weird in the aspect of, you know, we choose this lifestyle, you know, we marry into, you know, most of the time the service member is already, you know, in and serving when you marry. That's what I've, you know, come to realize. Um, but you you get that that stigma put on you that you, you know, you depend on that person. Then, you know, it almost makes you feel like you can't be successful still because you're a military spouse. And that is not true at all. You know, there are so many different ways to be successful and be a military spouse and support, you know, your service member and your family. Absolutely. I think the dependa stereotype kind of puts on us that we can't be independent. We can't be our own person. And it kind of takes away the autonomy that we have. Uh, and even though it's just a word, right, there's so much power behind words and there's so much power behind societal standards or what's expected or normal. And so like to break out of that mold is huge. And I think a lot of times people don't realize that they've they already don't fit the mold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so don't try just for, you know, perspective sake. Like that's a huge thing too. Like don't pretend to be something you're not just to feel like you might be fitting in because chances are nobody's actually fitting in. 
Yeah, there's not, you know, one perfect like image of this is what a military spouse has to be. You know, this is how you have to dress, you have to act, what you have to do for, you know, a career, or if you're even allowed to have a career, you know, there's not one specific person. Every family situation is different and you have to find what works for your family. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned your podcast. Tell me what kind of projects you've started, you know, since being a military spouse and how you're helping give back to the military community. Absolutely. So my podcast honestly saved my military marriage. And I say that because it was really the thing that I used to understand the military life as well as understand myself, uh, emotions that my husband and I were going through, why we were arguing after his Afghanistan deployment, uh, where his head was at in regards to, you know, coming back from a deployment and immediately being quarantined because it was 2020 and the whole world had shut down. Right. And so there were a lot of things that I was like, this can't be military life. Like, My husband's been on multiple deployments and he's always been this goofy, happy-go-lucky guy. Why is he all of a sudden angry all the time? Like, why is he all of a sudden, you know, acting out or not wanting to talk or not wanting to hang out immediately following a deployment? And I didn't understand. I didn't even know the word reintegration. Yeah. And so it was, he came home the end of January, beginning of February of 2020 March, the whole world shut down. September, I started my podcast. And it was between the time he came home and September, that was probably the worst in our marriage, if I'm going to be honest with you, because it was a lot of arguments. It was a lot of me trying to overwhelm him. And I didn't know that that's what I was doing at the time, but I was like, I want to help you. Like, I want to love on you. Like, let's just spend all the time together because we're in quarantine. And and I've missed you and him needing a break and needing a step back. And so when I started the podcast, the first thing that I asked every single spouse was like, okay, well, what is military life like for you? And how do you like, how do you be a military spouse? Like, I don't even know how you do it because I've been (laughs) rejecting it for so long. Yeah. And more than 85% of the people I asked to be a guest on my podcast told me that they quote, weren't spouse enough to be on a military spouse podcast. And I'm sure as a podcast host, you've also had this happen, Gracie, where like people are like, Oh, I don't, I don't think I'm like good enough or, you know, that imposter syndrome, but it's about being married to someone who serves our country. And so like, you know, having that conversation with them of like, you're the perfect person for my podcast because you think that way. And so it was really through the conversations that I had that really catapulted me into entrepreneurship. I am now a small business mentor for military spouses and significant others And it also catapulted me now, if you're watching video, I am in the (laughs) Milso box office. You can see lots of inventory behind me uh, because I'm now taking over that business as well. And so opening up and accepting not only my situation, but that I'm not the mold and that that's okay, has totally allowed me all of these opportunities, both financially with my family and otherwise that have just completely changed my life forever. 
Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned kind of, you know, that reintegration period as well and how that kind of, you know, started this whole journey for you of, you know, just figuring out what other people's experiences and journeys as a military spouse is because you truly never know and you don't realize, you know, reintegration is a thing or, you know, so many different like components of the military spouse life actually exist until you start talking with other people and you start experiencing those things for yourself. Absolutely. And everybody's journey through this life is different. Like Nick, when I first started the podcast, Nick was still active duty. And so we were going through that process of switching from active to full-time reservist Mm -hmm. and what that meant to be an active reservist through the air force and like his schedule and everything totally weird and different. And so we were going through our own changes and to see that other people were living this life one way, others were living it another, the amount of people who would tell me, Oh, you can't be on the, I I don't, I can't be on your podcast because we've only PCS once, or we've never PCS or because we've been through deployment, but only one, or because we've never been through deployment. It's amazing to me, the different stories and the different journeys. And I've recorded over 130 military spouse stories and every single one of them is completely different. (laughs) Yeah. And like, you know, I felt a very similar way, but from the child's perspective, because I haven't really experienced spouse yet, but like my military child experience was so different than everyone else's. My dad had, he joined right out of high school, but he got out in 2003, about a year after I was born and he had a seven year break in service. So the first like eight years of my life, you know, I was a military kid and that was part of my identity. And my parents made sure that I knew, you know, I was a military kid, even though if I was like a year old when my dad served, like it still made me a military kid. And, you know, we loved those experiences and looking back at pictures of me traveling around and, you know, on bases and with my dad in his uniform and all those special moments. And then he got back in and he deployed about a year later and then he got injured in Afghanistan. And then we moved to San Antonio and we did his recovery and he got out. So I did not have anything of moving around and he was reserve. It was army reserve. So we didn't move around. The only move was to Texas for his recovery and then to Florida when he retired And so we didn't have those traditional experiences as military kids. And I say we have me and my sister, but, you know, so there's so many different experiences and, you know, for quite some time, I thought that it made me less of a military kid that I didn't have those experiences of moving around and, you know, many different deployments because my dad was only deployed for four months. like So we didn't have that thing. And so it made me feel like less of a military kid, you know, sitting and talking with these kids who are like, oh, yeah, we moved like 10 times and we did all of this and, you know, this. And it's like, okay, well, I did none of that, (laughs) but you know, so it's it's a weird feeling, but that doesn't make me less of a military kid. It doesn't make, you know, any military family member less of a military family member. That's just your journey that you experience. And the piece of the military that you get to hold on to. Absolutely. So 
my dad was actually Coast Guard and he got in when I was two and he only served six years and then he was done and he was out. And so we did, we lived, we moved from Vermont where I was born to, he did basic training in Texas. Cause at the time, like long time ago, like 1990s, that's like where you had to go. Um, I think it still is actually for Coast Guard. Um, and then we moved to Port Arthur, Texas, and then we moved to Washington state and we kind of moved around from base to base in Washington state. But I agree with you that like, I don't remember moving. I don't remember PCSing. I mean, I actually did an episode with my dad where I was talking to him about what it was like to PCS before cell phones Um, (laughs) and how like him and my mom had like walkie talkies in the cars so that like they had to drive like close enough to get range with these walkie talkies to say, Hey, like, you know, Brit needs her diaper change or like whatever. And so, uh, you know, what, what, what an experience. Right. Um, but you know, I, I don't remember much of that. I remember being able to run to my friend's house on base because we lived on base. I remember uh, playing with umbrellas in the road, but I don't, fully remember my experience as a military kid. And much like you're saying that kind of almost like I rarely ever, it rarely ever comes up that I'm a military kid, even though I am. Yeah. But most of the time it comes up that I'm a military spouse. And so like, I I love your perspective on that because I fully resonate. Yeah. And, you know, let me ask you this because I kind of felt that way when I, when my dad had gotten out and I was, you know, you know, planning the future saying, I'm going to get married one day. I had said I would never marry military, like in something along the lines of what you said. But I said that because of what I experienced with my dad. Did you kind of say that because, you know, you didn't want to live the lifestyle you, you know, sort of lived as a kid or was there a different reasoning behind that? So actually I kind of wanted to be a military spouse. Okay. Yeah. It was more of like the, oh my gosh, I got to travel when I was a kid. Like, I want my kids to have that experience. You know, I have friends whose kids are now like they're stationed in Spain. And so like her kids are becoming like bilingual and going to like a school in Spain. And I'm like, how cool would that be to live that life, to travel, to experience new cultures, to, you know, just live outside the norm. But I also think that being a military kid allowed me to kind of set aside the the quote unquote stigmas about military families too, because there are stigmas, even the civilian world about like military men or women and about how, you know, they cheat on their wives or, you know, they're not faithful or, um, you know, like the, the military lifestyle is, oh, like the rich and famous. Right. Right. And anybody who's a military spouse laughs at that because we all know it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, those stereotypes and those stigmas just crept in. And, you know, for me, I was like, well, I mean, my family was military and we turned out okay. Like, you know, so I feel like I almost gave it more of an option than a lot of people will um, simply because, you know, a lot of people just immediately, oh, you're military. Never mind. Just kidding. Right. I'm not even going to give you the time of day. And a lot of my friends in college were like that, like, oh, no, I'll never date a military man. And, you know, if they even look like a pilot, it's not going to happen. And yeah. so I think that just kind of allowed me to to open up and to be willing to accept something a little bit different than what most people might 
consider a quote unquote acceptable spouse. (laughs) Yeah. And I definitely like looking back and everything, I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't get to experience, you know, that life as a military kid of moving around and, you know, that full military experience. So I'm like, even though I will never be able to experience what it's like as a kid again, like my experience is my experience and I loved my experience. And I mean, I still do because, you know, military kid is never going to leave me. But like, I get to experience that travel that, you know, all the pieces that I missed as a kid, you know, I get to experience as a spouse now. And, you know, while it's still scary and it's still, you know, a whole new world. And I said, I never wanted to do it, you know, here I am. And it's like, oh my gosh, all of these experiences now are going to come back to me. And I'm like, I cannot wait. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, a whole new world and you have to be open to it. If you close it off, you're going to miss out on so much. Absolutely. Yeah, I honestly, like the best thing I ever did was acknowledge that this is my life now and Brit, it's going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then moving on and figuring out, you know, what does this mean for me and what does this mean for my future family? Yeah. What kind of experiences have you had that you know, have proven that point, right. And like, you have to kind of live in the moment and take it day by day. Well, the biggest thing, honestly, through, again, through the conversations on the podcast, I learned things that I was being told was very incorrect. The first thing I was told by many people, even in the military community was, oh, you have a corporate job. Good luck keeping that. Like, that's not going to be an option for you. Oh, you want to climb the corporate ladder? Like jokes on you lady. Yeah. And so I ended up leaving corporate life to chase entrepreneurship because I enjoy it so much more than I thought I, I would ever, um, but honestly, entrepreneurship wasn't even an option until I started the podcast. And it was through the podcast that I realized not only that it was fun, but that I actually loved it more than, than corporate life. And so I didn't leave corporate life because we PCS somewhere that I couldn't have a job. I left it willingly. And I think that that in and of itself is something that, you know, oh, you're going to lose your job or someone's going to fire you because of the lifestyle you live. And corporate life with military life is difficult because, you know, they don't care that your husband's coming home between Wednesday and Thursday, but you're not sure when, and you're not sure what time from his seven and a half month deployment, all they care about is what days are you taking PTO? Yeah. And so, you know, that was one of the big things that I think just allowing myself to open up and to accept a different life allowed me to live to my fullest Um, another really awesome thing that happened through this are all of the many friendships that I have. I think when I became a military spouse, my first assumption was that everybody around me, all these other military spouses are quote unquote dependas. They don't work. They don't have ambition. They don't have goals. They're not independent women. They are not, you know, successful in their own right. Like all they do is sit at home and wait for their husbands to come home. And I knew that that wasn't me. And so immediately I was like, I'm, I'm not going to be friends with any of these people because these people sound dumb. But then (laughs) 
I find out that everybody still has goals, even though you're a military spouse, even though you quote unquote signed up for this, uh, you know, you still have goals, you still have ambitions, you still have dreams, you're going to college, you're doing all of these things, you have multiple jobs, you have kids that you're taking care of, or you're a stay at home spouse, but you've got these awesome hobbies. And it was so cool to allow myself to open up to people who I would otherwise, you know, judge immediately just by the stereotype that I myself was afraid of and just not even give them the time of day. And so allowing them the space to tell their story on my podcast honestly allowed me to become friends with every single one of the people on my podcast. I mean, we all talk regularly. We all text, like we are friends. And it's because I just opened up and allowed the unknown to become known. And I just allowed those moments to happen. And I think that that is something that if you're stuck in your ways, if you're stuck in the stereotypes, if you're stuck behind the fear of finding out the unknown, you'll never get all of these really amazing opportunities that I think everybody should. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, not everyone is the same, like we've said, like, you know, you get so many incredible friendships out of the military life that you would never have gotten anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody brings their own twist too. Like, yeah, you know, I've got friends who they met in England and uh, she is a veteran to the US. He is now a veteran in the UK and they met while in employment. And, you know, like all these fun, unique stories and these people with amazing gifts that have turned them into small businesses. It's just honestly amazing to hear their stories and to hear like, this is what I did before. And this led me down the path that I'm on now. And this is where I am. And this is how I view success. And this is where that's taken me, I think is huge. Yeah, I could not agree more with that. That is you know, it hits the nail right on the head. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, So the last question I always like to ask is what piece of advice would you give to another military spouse? I think the biggest thing is to do the things that scare you. And I'm not talking about like bungee jumping or like jumping (laughs) out of an airplane. Like that's awesome. Do those things too. I will watch safely from the ground. But (laughs) I think it's more about like, if you're nervous to go to spouse club because you're not sure of the people you're going to meet there, or if you're nervous to post on the Facebook group that you're in, that you need friends, or if you're nervous to go to that mom's club, or if you're nervous to go to wine night, even though you see the event on Facebook or other way or other places, like just go, even if you just go once and you're like, yep, that wasn't for me because the amount of times that I have just said, you know what, I'll just go. And that's also my extrovertedness coming out. Yeah. But, you know, just saying that you're going to go and experience it for what it is and go in with a clean slate, a fresh mind and just allow the experience to happen. And then making your own decision afterwards is whether or not you'll go to the next one or whether or not you'll see that person again, I think is huge. Because if you don't step out of your comfort zone a little bit, especially in this lifestyle, 
you're not going to be able to make new friends and you're not going to be able to meet new people and experience the cultures of those around you unless you allow them in. And so do what scares you just a little bit, step out of that comfort zone and definitely listen to the people around you and their stories because they are so cool. Yes. It's so important to, you know, be able to take risks and, you know, sometimes you might regret, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone and be like, okay, this is not for me, but you tried and you made it work. And, you know, now, you know, for next time, but you know, you can carry on and say, I actually did it. And, you know, most of the times you end up making a friend or something out of it. You don't just do it for, you know, for it and then say, okay, I'm done. <laughs> like you, you know, it yeah. ends up being a good thing in the end. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So where can people find you on social media and like your podcast and mill soapbox and things like that? Yeah. So I've got a lot going on, but the best <laughs> place to reach probably Instagram. You can go to New Altitudes or you can go to Mill Soapbox and that's M-I-L-S-O. B-O-X. Either place, it's going to be me. Uh, I love running social media. If you guys have any questions about social media, reach out. I will gladly answer them. Um, but really, it's like my happy place is Instagram. So definitely go there. If you're interested in subscribing, you can go to millsobox.com. Uh, and if you're interested in mentorship, coaching, we also do business retreats. So if you want to just hang out with a bunch of us in a fun space in an Airbnb somewhere, we do it every six months. Um, you can go to newaltitudesllc.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brittany, for being on and sharing your story and sharing how you are, you know, flipped the script from depend a life to being successful and independent yourself. Awesome. Thanks so much, Gracie. This has been fun. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Grace of a Military Child and Life. Make sure to set a reminder for every Tuesday to listen to a new episode. You can find us on Instagram and YouTube at Grace of a Military Child and Life. If you have any questions or want to be on the podcast, send a message to one of our social media platforms or email grace.of.a.military.child at gmail.com. See you next week.